Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another edition of Keys to the City. I'm your host, Trevor Keys, with Ted Keys. Back talking about, well, kind of a, a huge game five at stake. You think of the, when we think of game five, we think whoever takes the lead in this game, in this series, usually wins. It's like seven, it's like 80% of the time, game five winners usually win the series. And so this, the stakes were, could be as higher as they couldn't be. And we see this game, Ted. And what I see is a lot of sloppiness. Wasn't very impressed on the on both sides of the floor at throughout times of this game. But there was one specific takeaway from that I saw. And it was kind of the big surprise. It's actually been, well, it's been talked about for some time for well, it's kind of the new topic of debate in this NBA finals. It's the once number one pick in the NBA draft, Ted, Andrew Wiggins. We all talked about Andrew Wiggins, how how huge he was, hyped up when he came out and played for Kansas and then came out in the NBA draft and was the number one pick. He was a big deal. And he hasn't lived up to expectations up until he's made this move to the Golden State Warriors, which we always like to say a change of scenery could just sometimes be the best for a human being. And for Andrew Wiggins, that has been the case. He's a first-time All-Star with this Golden State Warriors. Kind of shocking at the time, at the time. But now you look at it, Ted, with back-to-back standout games. Now he's averaging twenty-one and a half points, fourteen and a half rebounds, and he's averaging forty-three minutes a game. So he's on the floor, and he's playing for majority of the minutes of this game. These past two huge games for them. So he's been extremely valuable. We know what, what Curry has done throughout. Well, up until last night, until we saw the unthinkable, Ted, we saw Steph Curry for the first time in four years. I repeat, four years, 233 games consecutively that he's hit a three in an NBA game. That streak is officially over. So, Ted, you see these two games from Andrew Wiggins. I know Curry is probably the odds-on favorite still, but... If Curry struggles again, and Wiggins has another huge game, and they close it out on Thursday night, does Andrew Wiggins wins finals MVP and takes it away from Steph Curry again? He'd have to have another game like he had last night. And and, and previous game, actually, he's been their best – well, I shouldn't say the best player because Curry had an unbelievable game in game four. But he said back-to-back double-doubles in both games four and five. Yeah. And he's he's been their number two if you look at it. He's been their most key component. When he's on, they're yeah. a whole different ballgame team. And I told you this when we started talking about the preview of the series and everything. He could have been the difference maker. And and not just offensively. You know, it's we we talked so much about the offensive stats last night. We know he had. What? Uh, let me make sure I got it right. Twenty six points, twelve of twenty three shooting, thirteen rebounds, two steals, two assists, one block. But his defense on Jason Tatum this series <clears throat> has been remarkable. Yeah. He's dominant. This yep. was Wiggins' best postseason that could, Ted, that could also be a component into adding into uh, maybe a, an addition of why we think about he can maybe win finals MVP is what you just said. Well, I He's mean, guarding, he, think about coming into this finals, T. Jason Tatum, we were talking about Steph Curry and Tatum as the two top players coming into this finals. And Andrew Wiggins had the task at hand, the assignment – to guard Jason Tatum, All-NBA, first-team standout. And he's been standing out in this entire postseason, one of the best top three maybe players in this entire postseason. And Andrew Wiggins has 
done his job, done his fair share against Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's a scorer. He's going to get his points. But it's it's been pretty rough. It hasn't been easy for Tatum. No, it hasn't. I mean, I mean, we we're just talking about the Wiggins factor offensively. This was the first time all season, regular season or postseason, that he had led the Warriors in both rebounding and scoring in the game. His defense was we, – we talked about defense. We love scoring. But this series is so defensive-minded. I mean, I talked about this when we did the show last week before I went away for the weekend was – you know, the Celtics have the number one defense. Golden State had like the number two or three defense. Golden State looks like the best defensive team in this in this series. They have held the Celtics under 100 points three times. Game two, they only scored 88, and then the other two games, they scored less than 100 points. The Celtics, we, I gave you this out last week. When they turn the ball over 15-plus times, they don't win. 18-7 last not night. Win. And then when they're under 15 turnovers, they win – what was it, 12 and 3, 13 and 3? It doesn't matter. They win pretty much all the time. And last night, what did they have? They had 18 threes. A lot of that comes from Andrew Wiggins' defense yeah. on Jason Tatum. Was, we knew Andrew Wiggins was a talented player. That's why he went number one out of Kansas. Six foot eight, long, lanky, could shoot the three, could penetrate, could slam it home. I mean, that, that dunk but last night. his strength night, was and, always his defense. That was always his main strength in coming out of college. Well, Offensively, he was good. He wasn't a great three. Go ahead. Well, no, his versatility. That's why I think you were going with that. But here's the other thing. You don't look at this Golden State Warrior team. He's that guy in the middle of this team where he's kind of the patch. So you've got the veteran guys like Draymond, Clay, Curry. Then you've got the young kids and Jordan Poole. I mean, Wiggins is that that guy where he's he's eight years in the league. He's he's got the – he's got – He's got the experience. Doesn't have the postseason experience because he was playing with the Timberwolves. But you said it when you he started. He made it to the postseason with the T Wolves. He's he's been in the postseason before. Well, this is a guy thing. that. This is a guy. I know, that, but when you when you started the show off, you said change of scenery is sometimes a good thing. He, no, yeah, of course he, it was. It was needed. He was never the number one player. Like he was the number one player in the draft because he was the best player in that draft. But we know sometimes when we look at the NBA draft. There's always one or two guys that really stand out, and then there's just the rest, rest of the guys that will end up being decent players, have decent careers. Yeah. But Andrew Wiggins wasn't a Kevin Durant coming out of the draft. He wasn't He wasn't some of these guys that was like, oh, my God, he's going to be a superstar. I don't super know what you're talking because he was pretty hyped up coming out of high school, coming into college, and then going into the NBA draft. So yeah, he's but a, just, like, him, just like Jabari. Like did we ever see that, though? Ted, you could Ted, tell a guy is, yes, he was. he was talented enough to be that type of player. And change the scenery was a thing. And it's one of the main reasons why we came into this series talking about the Boston Celtics defense. Well, it's been the Golden State Warriors defense that's been making this offense, this this Boston Celtics young, energetic offense that can shoot on any given night. But it's been anything but that. And and that's the biggest takeaway for me. And it's kind of one of the main leads is why to Andrew Wiggins has a great case for finals MVP. Now, I know that it's Steph had an awful game last night. Awful from the game. Hold on, hold on. He had game shooting-wise. Come on, man. He's the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah, I know. I thought as a point guard, he still kept the flow of the game. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is is that when we think of Steph Curry, his offensive game his is predicated on the three game, and he was awful last night from three. To see what Andrew Wiggins 
delivered for this team. And reasons why this team, 18-7 to in the turnover game. 18-7, to they only had seven turnovers as a team. And that's overall great, great team effort for not turning the ball. That's self-discipline, that's maturity. But you see Andrew Wiggins leading this defense that's been making this Boston Celtics offense that we've been, we were so excited to see with this young Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart offense. It's been it's been a struggle for this team in green. And well, ver- I don't know. Versatility is, here's the thing. If for him to win the, the finals MVP, he's going to have to put up another game like he did last night. Yeah. And Curry's going to have to have more of a pedestrian game. And I don't see Curry going over 9 for 3 because he hadn't done that Trevor. What was what was it? 200 Four plus games. games. It hasn't been done in that long. It's just it's freaking crazy that he Listen, missed. Listen, I don't think I don't think Curry, I, Can I tell you that I'm actually more surprised that he missed a 3 last night compared to having him see 233 games straight that he's had a 3. I wouldn't be surprised by that stat. I'm surpri- I'm shocked that he missed a 3 last night. I was more shocked he had that a good that, look that time. Well, I was more shocked at the end of the game that he, he I was like, but well, he didn't make a three. I was it was st- it's st- yo, just think about that. That's a, it's stunning. I know we, when we see quarterbacks sometimes like quarterbacks missing t- like not having touchdowns, but to see the greatest shooter not have one made three is pretty freaking remarkable in, in, in a shocking way. But they took care of business. And Ted we just we've been talking about the Boston Celtics, but this Andrew Wiggins case—if he has a huge game in Game Six, and Curry has some so some sort of a pedestrian game, maybe we do have another case for maybe Steph. He doesn't win a Finals MVP. Looked like it was a foregone conclusion, but Andrew Wiggins' last two games has made it very, very intriguing of a debate. It's been one of the reasons he's, why he's, he's been their difference maker. He's been their difference yes. Maker. Yeah, they shot 9 of 40 from three last night as a team. And overall, the past two games, Ted, 24 of 83. That's 28% from three. Andrew Wiggins has delivered. And I know his points, he's not scoring 30 or 40 points a game, but it's his rebounding, his nitty-gritty in the post, in the paint. He's delivering a lot of missed shots, but he's delivering with rebounds and easy buckets. And it's the reason why the Golden State Warriors are only 48 minutes away from an NBA title. But we're just talking about the Boston Celtics, Ted. This team, their biggest killer for them has been the I-word. It's been the inconsistency because this is a team that we've watched throughout this entire postseason, starting against the Brooklyn Nets, deliver, sweep a team that we, oh, that many people considered a dark horse to get to the NBA Finals, swept them. Then they went against the champions, the defending champs, the Bucs, and beat them in seven games and dominated them in, in that seventh game. Then they played the Miami Heat, the number one seed. And that was, we already know how that series played out. Each and every game, we did not know what to expect. But they delivered. They won again. Last night, you just see how this, and and this series, you feel like this is a team that should be winning this series. But their inconsistency is just, it's been holding them back. So, And it's been blatantly clear how bad the inconsistency has been shown. Well, I, I would say, like, your thought process when we were doing the show, you were like, after game one, you're like, guarantee Celtics in five. Well, we know that's not coming true. So he, here's what I would say is their talent. I guess we're shooting for that seventh game, possibly, maybe. So their talent is worthy of having this series over, being done. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, their inconsistency, their turnovers. Let me make sure, and I have this stat right in front of me now. Again, Celtics. Reared their ugly head. Celtics committed 18 turnovers last night. I said that in the previous statement. 
continue a trend in these playoffs. They are 13 and two when they commit 15 or fewer turnovers, and now they are one and seven when they have 16 or more. They are so inconsistent it's, offensively. Uh, the three yeah. games that they lost, they scored less than 100. When they win, they score more than 100. They and it, a, and that's the thing, Ted. You said I'm glad you said the I'm glad you said offense. I wanted you to say one thing. I'm glad you said offensively. Because defensively, they've been playing their part. Offensively, back to what you were saying. I'm glad you said offensively because that's where the issue is right now. You know, well, here's the other thing, and I, maybe another word could be slashed in the in, in the inconsistency is the urgency. They have not played like it's an NBA Finals. You yeah. can see that the Warriors I, they come out, they dominate the first quarter, they set the tone for the game. Yeah. Then the Celtics have to play catch up. Game one, remember. Warriors come out, they've blown them out with like 26 to 7. Next thing you know, it was 54 52 at the end of the half. The Celtics come back. They, 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 it's like, oh, okay. It's like an old car. The engine finally churned, and now they get going. Yeah. And they get blown out in the third quarter. So they have no urgency coming out in the second half. We always talk about in sports setting the tone after the second, after the halftime. What type yeah. of in game adjustments do you make when you go in? You regroup. Okay, guys, listen. We're doing really good on this. Let's focus on this. Let's come out with some urgency. They come out with no urgency in the third quarter. Though last night they did. They outplayed. Yeah, 35-24. Uh, they outscored them. Which, which was the first time they've done that in all, the whole series now. But that's how they've been this whole freaking season, Where they made eight threes in a row where they couldn't miss. Ted, that's how they've been this whole postseason. Their second and then what half. But in, and the thing about Trevor, fourth quarter, they just – they did they, – what did they score, like – six points in the first eight minutes of the fourth quarter. It was some ridiculous number. It was less than 10 points. And it's like, like, here we go, bro. Like, this is the fourth quarter. This is this is where yeah. you take 3-3-2. You go back to Boston and, and you close out the series. They had no urgency. Now, maybe that had to do with Adoku playing his two best players the entire second half last night. Tatum and Brown did not come out the whole second half. They played every minute of every second of the second half last night. Did – does fatigue have to play in it that they played multiple game sevens? But you look at the and I'll let you go out, take over on this. Is I told you right before this, where you said, What do you think about these questions? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, it's right though. You're you're on the point because you look at the series against Milwaukee. Celtics almost blew that series. They they blew that game five when they had like a nine-point lead with a minute and fifteen left. Uh Marcus Mar had multiple turnovers. They blew that blew that when they had a 95% chance of winning. All right. Yeah. Milwaukee wins that, and of course Celtics had end up winning game six and seven. But they they almost blew that. I mean, think about it. they could have lost game six. They didn't. Tatum had a big game yeah. in game seven. We know. Then you look at the Miami game, game seven, the one that you went to. They had the lead with less than four minutes, and they almost yeah, they blew it. They had a if double digit. They had a double digit lead. If you look at up the uh, statistics this season, the Celtics are one of the worst teams in the fourth quarter in closing games out, and just and and playing like they don't. They don't finish strong. <laughs> they they yeah. don't have the Mariano Rivera effect in the fourth quarter. They have the Philadelphia Phillies or the New York Mets where, hey, you're up four runs and you're going to blow it with five in the bottom it's, of the night. It's fascinating because this is a team that is has all the capability to be up 3-2 and, hell, could even be – could be already NBA champs right now. They got – they have all the right ingredients to win the NBA title. They have a great coach. They have a great defense that they their backbone. It's the backbone of this team. They have superstars. They got stars. They have shooters. They have a veteran presence. I know that that exper inexperience majority of these teams with ha having a finals game under any of these players 
is fascinating and shocking, but it also is playing a part, but the fatigue. But my thing is, I'm st- I'm not changing my pick. I already told you last night. I texted Pete as well. I said, I don't matter what the results were from last night. Celtics in seven. This team still has the fight. I'm, what do you think? I'm going to change my pick? Hell no. Yeah, I'm yeah, of course staying- you're not going to change your pick. You just can't know change you're going to be wrong. I'm not going to be wrong. This team still has fight. They're going back to Boston. That pl- that place on Thursday night will be electric. It's going to be game been six. like that in game four. I know. Maybe. I get that. But guess what? Maybe they have a bounce back game. This team has shown fight throughout this entire postseason. They had to go, like you said, we always go back to it. And it's the game that we should always talk about it. They had to go back to Milwaukee down 3-2 after an awful, awful performance in game five. And a blown game, a game, a golden opportunity, just like last night's game, was a golden opportunity. Warriors, I don't know if they're going to shoot as a team the past two games that they've that they've had. I've never seen them shoot that bad, but they've won both games. That's on the Celtics. They've played sloppy, but this team has also shown fight. They've went to Milwaukee, down 3-2, going against the defending champs, the best player in the world, and your best player went toe-to-toe with him, delivered, brought it back to Boston, and won. Now this is different. You're going back home. That crowd's going to be electric. It's on the Boston Celtics. They are the better team overall to me still. It's just this inconsistency and sloppiness, and the turnovers are killing them, are absolutely killing them, and it's why they're down 3-2. My Also, my last point, Ted, I don't know if you wanted to say something on this, but I wanted to get one final point in. A big deal that I've been seeing, too, it's one of the main, one of the main issues I have within sports in general. It's officiating. The NFL has had, well, come on, let's be honest, has been awful as of late with officiating. The MLB has their own issues. The NHL has their own issues as well. But watching this final, specifically last night, it just egregious calls. Awful. Gary Payton getting a foul, tripping over himself. I mean, Jordan Poole better be going to Hollywood for his Oscar performance of getting getting swiped. Not even. I guess the air must have hit him. I guess it was. It must have been a, a scene from. He must have taken a page out of Kramer oh, saying. From <laughs> come on, you know what I'm talking about. Kramer and Seinfeld. Nice game, it? pretty boy. The Kirk and Hernandez. <laughs> like, come on, and think about that. I'm hit. The spit. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. The spit. I guess Jordan Poole took a page out of Cosmo Kramer because, or they're, or they're watching the FIFA World Cup because. I, just, listen, it, I get it. It's it's. it's it, I'm not look. Fan. I'm not a fan of either team, but the, I want to see a fair game, and I've seen it like in the NFL. They make the NFL officiating look halfway decent. I, listen, when you look I mean, you don't have it, to say anything. It's just me saying. Here's the thing: when you watch it in live time and you're watching it on the court, you're not there. It probably looks like a foul. It probably because it happens. And so then you fast. see, oh, and then you see the instant replay, and you're like, oh my god, what the hell just go? What was that call for? But what, what do we want to do? Do we want to really have a four-hour basketball game where we're challenging calls? And I mean, what? I'm not what talking is, about is, challenging, but God I, Almighty, like, Ted, come on, I, I, Trev. I, but here's the thing: what's different now than what, during a regular season game? We see it all the time, bro. How many times do we watch? We'll watch a because game you a- just said it, Ted. That's a regular season game. I know this that, is the but, NBA Finals. Hey, two, two teams are fight. I know. I get that. Yeah, they, they got the consistency. My thing is, there are two teams that are fighting for a chance at a world title, and I don't need to see outside interference. Well, well here's, from, here's yes, what I, I know say. they have a part in the game. Okay. I know they have a part in the game, and here's they do. What, but I don't need them to dictate or impact games like they did. Like. So. There were moments that were bad calls, but yes, well, some of the calls were later in the game that maybe wouldn't have made it a difference. But this is the NBA Finals. Two teams are fighting for a world title. I don't need to see it impacted 
by outside interference. I know officials are a big part of the game, but I don't need the impact like they have been. Well, I'll say this. If you're if you're speaking about that with the Celtics and how they played, well, I wouldn't blame the officials. I'd blame the Celtics last night for having nine missed free throws and 18 turnovers. That is true as well. I get you I, 100%. There is no excuse for them shooting 67% from the free throw line. I get you. I mean, I and Jason Tatum's airballing threes and free throws, bro. Like, I, 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 don't know. Know. I just wonder if it's a fatigue thing. Maybe he's drained. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens in game six. But, yeah. I mean, he's also set the record for 95 turnovers in a single postseason. I, I believe he still has the most points in this postseason. Yes, there was, it was a crazy stat last night. He, post, has, like, he has points, assists, and now turnovers. Well, yeah. Did you send it to me? Did I send it to you? No, you sent me that he has the most turnovers in this post. I mean, he's he's done it all offensively and for the good and the bad for the Boston Well, I mean, at least he's consistent. But I want to ju- I just need to see there's two games left in the NBA season. I don't need to see officials officials dictating games. Let these guys play these games. This is for a chance at a world title. One team is going to win again and one team is going yes. to win for the first time in over 12 years or in over 14 years. Sade, so I have it right here. So, Jason Tatum has 95 turnovers this playoffs, the most ever by a player in a single postseason. Jason Tatum has posted the most points in 2022 playoffs with 602. Yes. Jason Tatum also has the most assists in the playoffs with 141. So, he's got the most assists, the most points in this playoffs, but he has the most he's delivered in a postseason ever. And guess what? We never remember all the touchdowns. We remember the picks. And, the th- and so, turnovers, because in basketball – that is yeah. what's killing that for the Celtics. That's what's killing them. Tatum actually had a pretty good shooting game last night. I did not realize how well he shot because I, I, I looked at his fourth quarter and how poor he played in the fourth quarter. I think it was like one of seven shooting. He, I mean, they just they got outscored at the start of the fourth quarter, eighteen to five, and it was over. And yeah. you could just tell the Celtics the last five minutes of the they were drained. Like they had nothing left in the tank. No. There was no fight left. And we'll see what happens in Game Six. We'll see what this happens. Series, I, I tell you, this series, similar to the Miami series, there has not been a close game. Nothing has been like last minute of the game. Like, yeah, here we go. Three, three like entertain, like entertaining enough where you're on the edge of your seat. Well, let's see what six and seven bring. I expect big things to happen in Boston, and I expect it to see back in Golden State. Well, we get game seven on the Boston Celtics. We'll win. Sticking with the Celtics at seven. Sticking with a pick. Got to. Have to. I know Ted. You pick Golden State in seven. We'll see what happens, though. It's been a finals, Ted, that we're hoping high expectations, but the expectations has been anything but high expectations. We'll see what happens in game six. We'll be back also talking about those, boy, oh, boy, those New York Yankees. My goodness. Something's brewing in New York. Something's happening in the Big Apple because the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. Uh, they're they're taking care of business right now. So we'll see what happens. Also, we'll be talking some more NFL coming up soon. But ladies and gentlemen, we are all on, we are on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. We are out. You are now in tune to the Keys to the City podcast.